We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast it's the thursday edition of the pack a day podcast on the blue wire podcast network i don't know if much went on yesterday so probably not a ton to talk about here on your thursday july 29th how you doing everybody alex strofe Hanging out with you today. You can connect with me on Twitter at Alex underscore Strofe. Excited to hear all your thoughts and tweets. Read about them uh, on your thoughts from what a crazy Wednesday was at 1265 Lombardi Avenue. Maggie Loney, Jimmy Christensen out today. So they brought me in to hang out with the stinky, the smelly, and the Randall Cobb wearing jersey. Jersey wearing, rather? Jacob Westendorf. You can find him on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. Hi, Jake. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, indeed, and yeah, slow news day for the first day of training <laughs> camp, and yeah, they got Randall Cobb back, so I had to, I actually had to do some searching, because I knew I had this jersey somewhere, but I couldn't find it, and it took me a couple of uh, totes to dig through, and I was able to pull it out, so very happy, a fan favorite, uh, certainly as Randall Cobb, and he was an easy guy to like while he was here, and he's an easy guy to like now that he's back here, so I'm sure we'll talk about that as we progress through here. Hey, he was an easy guy to like even when he wasn't in Green Bay because, you know, that's how it works with fan favorites, I guess. Uh, So we'll get to Cobb a little bit later because that was not nearly the top story that came out of a crazy Wednesday. You mentioned it. Day one of training camp for the Green Bay Packers on Wednesday. That wasn't the number one story. Devontae Adams spoke with the press. That wasn't the number one story. Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur met with the press. That didn't matter either. All eyes on number 12, Aaron Rodgers, as he goes 32 minutes with Green Bay Media on Wednesday, Jake. He was candid. He was honest. Uh, it was it was something that I don't know that a lot of people necessarily expected out of A-Rod. I think, you know, you expected him to come in, maybe dodge a few bullets, maybe be a little vague, maybe sweep some stuff under the rug, maybe walk some things back. But no, we got none of that. He walked in. He was honest from the get-go until the finish, 32 minutes. What was the initial takeaway for you from maybe the most anticipated press conference in NFL history? Yeah, my jaw hit the floor. You know, I really thought that he was just going to come in and do the whole media smear campaign and this wasn't real and all that kind of stuff. And we got none of that. Um, you know, he did make a point to say that the media likes to add stuff in that's not necessarily there when there's not enough content, but essentially while confirming almost everything that was reported this summer was in fact true. So my initial takeaway was, yeah, my jaw hit the floor and I couldn't believe it. And I got to give him credit because I've criticized Rogers this off season for not speaking. And I've criticized him for allowing this to be done through the press. Uh, I, for one, do not believe the quote he had about how he and his representation did not leak anything. There's, <laughs> if you believe that, then I have a bridge to sell you and I will sell it to you for a couple hundred thousand dollars and let's talk and get into some negotiations with that. But the rest, I give him credit. I don't necessarily agree with everything that he said, every one of his grievances. I think there's some things he said that are valid and there are other things I think he said that are like, eh, I don't know about that or, you know, just things of that nature. So 
I give him credit though, that he was willing and able to speak his mind when he very easily could have just said like, Hey, I'm focused on 2021. We're just going to talk about football. We're going to talk about the season. I don't want to go through everything that happened this summer. Um, and it, it was clear to me at least that one of his reasons for not speaking was because I do buy into that quote of he cares about the fans. He cares about the city. And I know he like stopped short in one of his things of saying he cares about the organization, yeah. but then went, but then went on several times to say the organization when he talks about it. So I think he's got beef with a couple people in the building and maybe he'll let that go one day. Maybe he won't. I don't know. But yeah, my initial takeaway was I could not believe how candid he was because of how petty and passive aggressive and just vague he normally is when it comes to addressing problems. Yeah, we'll get to some of our favorite lines, quotes, questions here in a little bit from the Aaron Rodgers press conference, Jake. But you nailed it, right? He held on until yesterday, which was the most intriguing part to me because he had so many opportunities to say something, or he could have said something, and he never really did. He was blowing off Kenny Mayne. He was blowing off Brian Anderson during the match. And that's because he wanted to wait until he was in the building. He wanted to wait until there was a handshake agreement in place so he could get behind that Green Bay Packers green and gold podium at 1265 Lombardi and smear the top. I mean, he didn't say one nice thing about Brian Gutekunst during that press conference. You mentioned the pump fake uh, as he realized he almost said he loved the organization, which he did go on to say later. But the first time he said, I love the I love the fans, right? It's just the, the ultimate... Aaron Rodgers pump fake, uh, verbal pump fake, that is. But overall, I agree. Candid, honest. It, it was more than I expected. He won me back over immediately, Jake. I mean, I was certainly mad with Aaron Rodgers the last three months. I thought he'd been acting like a little bit of a baby. I thought he'd been selfish and stubborn and petty. And the list goes on and on and on of different names that Aaron Rodgers has been called over the course of the last three months. I was certainly upset with him. But I feel a hell of a lot better 24 hours, not even removed from this Aaron Rodgers press conference than I did before camp started. Uh, This makes the Packers, obviously, and this goes without saying, a much better team, a a much better shot at at the Lombardi Trophy this year. But overall, Aaron Rodgers putting smiles on faces uh, as he really broke it all down. He didn't leave a whole lot of questions unanswered. No, he didn't. And I think, you know, Zach Jacobson actually just tweeted this a little bit ago, and I think he described it pretty well. There, there is a path to Aaron Rodgers being the Packers quarterback beyond 2021. Now I know he says that something was never offered the the beyond 2021 part was never actually an assurance that was given to him. And maybe that is true. That would be a little bit of an egg on the face of Mark Murphy, who kept saying they're committed to Rodgers 2021 and beyond. That remains to be seen if that does in fact end up being the case. But what he said was he gave you a blueprint today on how to keep him in green Bay beyond 2021. And I think there is some change that can be positive out of this, regardless of the Packers moving on from Rogers after this season, something the Packer way, if you will, under Ron Wolf has been very successful. Roger said as much objectively, they've had a lot of success in Green Bay the last 30 years with the thought of Ron Wolf or every player is just another player. And I understand that. I even ascribe to that theory to a point, but there are guys and Andrew Brand has said this, they gave preferential treatment to Brett Favre. There's just certain guys that do get a little bit more and quarterbacks Mm -hmm. are the golden boys. And I think that, you know, I wish that it was as simple as players play and coaches coach and executives executive, but Sports are not that way anymore. And I think that your star player, in this case, a quarterback in the NBA, they do it. And I'm not, I'm not saying I'm advocating for the NFL to become like the NBA, but players like that have a seat at the table. Now where you need to have is, is a line to be drawn. If Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers says, Hey, don't sign wide receiver X instead sign Randall Cobb. Who's now 33 and you know, two years from now or something like that then you need to be able to say no. And Rogers needs to be okay with that. You know, he says all he wants is a discussion and that's fair. I think, I think he's, you know, when he says he's earned that, I do agree with that. Now hard to to disagree. That said, there needs to be a line. And what is that line? Does he pick the head coach? Does he pick the offensive coordinator? Does he pick the players? What (laughs) happens when he gets mad at one of those guys? Do you fire them? Like that's the part where it gets tough. 
when you allow these players to have these conversations. You know, I know that he yeah. said once upon a time that he was okay with not being in the discussion for hiring Matt LaFleur. And there were whispers that his preferred candidate was Josh McDaniels. And that was one where Tom Silverstein was awesome today. And he pointed out like basically asking him, why are you wanting a seat at this table with the personnel when it's proof that more often than not, you've been wrong, wrong. And that's true about the coach situation as well. Assuming that McDaniels thing is true because Matt LaFleur is far and away a better coach than Josh McDaniels ever was as a head coach. So I think that the positive change that could come out of this for the Packers is an understanding of modernizing their structure a little bit and understanding that some of your players do get a seat at that table at some point. And yeah, it's unfortunate that it is that way, maybe in the eyes of some, but you can't just treat a 16 year, three time MVP as something of just another player. And that's going to be true 15 years from now when Jordan Love is a four-time MVP and a three-time Super Bowl champion for the Packers as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Oh, I love that prediction. That's just way too much confidence, but I love the overconfidence. No, you're totally right there, man. Well said. Uh, Looking at this overall, right? Looking at the 32 minutes and everything that led up to it. I feel better. Like I, like I said earlier, right? I feel better. I feel like this is more fixable uh, come 2022. Uh, I, I feel like this might not be the last dance, as a lot of people have speculated, and as maybe uh, Rogers and Devontae Adams themselves indicated via their Instagram stories over the weekend. I, I feel like this is it's only up from here when I, when I listen to Aaron Rodgers today, right? Uh, while there is still a rift, a chasm, an issue, and Rodgers still not happy maybe with with Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy and Russ Ball, I still feel like there's a ton of room to grow. Speaking of Jack, Zach Jacobson, I quote tweeted him on, on Wednesday, and he, he had a tweet out, uh, you know, around the sense of long-term, you know, it's only it, nine, nine months from now, is a long time. A lot can happen between now and then. And, you know, I I just pointed out, right, we found out uh, just about three months ago that Aaron Rodgers wanted out, quote unquote, of Green Bay. He wanted to be traded. He didn't want to play there anymore. He was very unhappy. Three months later, Aaron Rodgers is standing at the aforementioned podium at 1265 Lombardi. So a lot can happen in three months. Hell of a lot more can happen between now and next year's NFL draft. I, I'll I'm not stop you there too. I won't even say three months. I mean, he talked about taking his head to the place of retirement as of a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, some of these developments just took place in the last two or three days. Like there was a legitimate, there were legitimate reports on Monday morning that nobody knew if Aaron Rodgers was going to show up to camp the next yeah. day. So, yeah. you know, not just three months, three days, a lot can change in a short period of time. Is it going to, I don't know. That's where, you know, no, comes we, exactly. We can't spell that out. We can't predict that. We can't say whether or not something's going to change, but there's plenty of time for something to change. There's plenty of time for Brian Gutekunst and company to say, huh, 
shit, maybe we were wrong, right? Maybe we shouldn't stick with Jordan Love. Maybe we shouldn't move on from the three-time MVP, one-time Super Bowl champion. So overall, uh, I feel better. I, I just don't know what the future holds. But given how honest and open Aaron Rodgers was today, I'm feeling pretty darn good heading into this season. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, the competitive fire, as he said, is still there. And I said this from the jump, you know, Rodgers isn't a dummy. He knows where his best chance to win a Super Bowl is. And maybe that is the only reason he came back to Green Bay. And, and if so, I think there's a lot of benefits from that as well. I, I tweeted today, I don't know what's going to happen beyond 2021. What I do know is if the Packers win a Super Bowl, that can go a long way towards a lot of feelings being okay. Whether yep. that means you go out, Rodgers goes out of Green Bay on top, they trade him, blah, 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 or you know, obviously that could lead to an extension of some sort as well. So there's plenty sure. to do there. I feel good about the team. You know, I, I said this on last week's show, what's hanging in the balance here was if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, the team is a Super Bowl contender right now. If Jordan Love is the quarterback, their ceiling is like, maybe they win the division. That's no slight right. to Jordan Love. It would just be historic for a rookie essentially to play in and win a Super Bowl. Totally. No, I mean, obviously the expectations can't be high for a guy that's never even played in an NFL game, and that's counting preseason, right? A guy that's never even suited up for an NFL game. So no slight at all, I don't think, was taken there. Obviously, my hopes are still high for Jordan Love, and I hope yours are as well, especially if he's going to be under center for the green and gold at some point. But back to your point about Rodgers, right? I mean, if they go off and rattle off this incredible run, obviously it's going to flip some feelings. There's going to be plenty of happy dudes in that locker room what if the exact opposite happens Jacob what if this team let's say goes on a two or three game losing streak early in the season they're two and three or they're two and four uh stuff could get really bad it's already kind of awkward here end of July what's it going to look like mid-October if this team's under 500 and not performing to the expectations oh you could see this thing spiral spiral completely out of control you know I've said this is Matt LaFleur's greatest challenge in his three, now two, third year, going into his third year as an NFL head coach, trying to keep his team all on the same page. I'm sure that welcoming Aaron Rodgers back wasn't a difficult task, but you know, like you said, they go on it, they start two and four, one and five, two and seven, which I, like I said, I can't imagine some. Well, let's hope that happen. doesn't happen. Sheesh. Yeah. But if it does, then there's a lot of questions that are going to be asked right yeah. away. Like, you know, is this hanging over the team's head? What are the distractions for this team? Are they, is Aaron focused on football? Because you know, that question is going to come up. And I didn't get the sense today when he was talking that he's got, you know, one foot out the door. I think Guda Koontz no, not at all. Matt or uh, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers all said, you know, hundred percent all in Rogers said himself, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't all in. I believe him on that. You know, most of the time when it comes to affecting him, He's pretty honest most of the time, like I said. And I think that, you know, there's just a few things that he maybe fibbed a little bit about throughout the course of the show, but that wasn't one of them. And to finish answering your question, it's going to be rough because it's not just Rodgers. You know, Devontae Adams is in a contract year. Zadarius Smith is in a de facto contract year. But this is a scenario that I think only exists if a bunch of guys are injured because this team, frankly, is just – the roster is too good, which – you know, for the people who hate Brian Gutekunst, maybe you shouldn't because the roster is largely built because of him. There's a lot of good players from the previous era that he inherited, but he added to this roster very significantly in the three years since he's been the general manager. So I can't picture a scenario where the Packers are bad. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go no, out and be gangbusters I- and win the Super Bowl, <laughs> but they're not going to be bad either. No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm a proponent of Aaron Rodgers has always played best under pressure, right? I mean, we saw it last year when he went out and won his third freaking MVP award after they drafted a quarterback in the first round. Aaron Rodgers has always been his best under severe pressure. That's why he's the king of Hail Marys, Jacob. I mean, there's no secret that Rodgers performs best under pressure. The only difference here this year is He's put a hell of a lot of this pressure on himself. by. I'm not saying he's wrong by creating this rift in this situation, but he has created this situation. And not showing up and, and being a question mark up until 24 hours before your first practice certainly puts the spotlight on you and certainly puts a hell of a lot of pressure uh, on 
the reigning MVP, who already has a ton of pressure going into this year. Anyway, so I, I, I think they'll be great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, this offense has only gotten better just about, it seems, every game under Matt LaFleur, with a few exceptions. So I, I don't expect them to take a step back whatsoever this regular season. But in the case, they quickly fall and stumble. I just think that locker room is going to get weird, especially with all the existing storylines surrounding their star player and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I don't think the pressure is anything. You know, this is a guy who that we're we're talking about. The Packers, I don't know if it's coincidental or if it's just by design, but they seem to have quarterbacks on their roster that do well or have a background of doing well with handling pressure. You know, Jordan Love is somebody who has gone through the death of an immediate family member and yep. gone through all of that. So replacing Aaron Rodgers that's going to be a walk in the park for him. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is the same way. He replaced Brett Favre. And, you know, I know that we're a lot of years removed and Aaron Rodgers is a beloved figure in the state. And some people want him to be the general manager, essentially, of this team right now and give him a statue and basically give Aaron whatever he wants is the mentality. But I think a lot of people have forgotten, you know, this, a lot of the same things we're saying about Aaron Rodgers were being said about Brett Favre. And Brett Favre was like, on a completely different level than the way some of these people feel about Rogers. Like Brett Favre was God in this town. Yeah. I'm convinced if Jesus Christ himself came down and said to some <laughs> of these fans, Hey, you know, Brett's Brett just didn't play well on Sunday. They'd look at him funny, you know, use your example that you want, but Brett Favre was the man and Rogers stepped in and replaced him almost seamlessly. So in terms of pressure, I don't think that's going to matter uh, on him. You know, Aaron Rodgers he embraces that pressure. Yep, yep. And I think that he let, you know, you almost have to, it's Gutekunst had an interesting quote today about after they asked if, you know, Rogers, did he want you fired? Did anything like that? And he said, Ted always said to him something along the lines of, if you want to sit in that chair, you got to be willing to sit in that chair. Well, the same thing applies to the quarterback. If you want to sit in that chair as face of the franchise quarterback, you got to be willing to deal with some of the pressure and some of the crap, yeah. frankly, that comes with it. That's one of those. So I don't anticipate that pressure being a problem for him either. And frankly, the offense with the way it is not to quote LeBron James from the Miami heat uh, prep rally 10 years ago, but it's loaded and it, and it, there's a lot of things in there to make his life very easy. Devonte Adams is there. Randall Cobb can still play. He trusts Randall Cobb MVS and Lazard, another third year in the system, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. They have a really good offensive line. They have a really good tight end. There's just so much there. And that offensive stack. Twice. yeah. And they should be able to score a bunch of points. That's why this whole thing from the beginning to me, it had to be about something deeper because it couldn't be about winning because this Packers team with Aaron Rodgers, he knows they can win a Super Bowl right now. If you love listening to us here on the Packaday Podcast, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? Let me tell you, there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for their initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Yeah, they're one of the few teams in the league that you can feel that good about, right? I mean, they're right now, rather. You can feel that good about them right now. They can go out and win a freaking Super Bowl. But a lot of teams are going to be in that position, especially when number 12 is under center. Regardless, I mean, that offense is good all around. You mentioned Goody briefly. He spoke early morning, 8.30 a.m. press conference, Jacob. That's way too early for a press conference, <laughs> uh, but that's beside the point. I, I definitely was not awake yet. Uh, but Brian Gutekunst. Must be nice. Yeah, it, it really was. <laughs> it was it was a good sleep in on Wednesday. Brian Gutekunst spoke with the media, as did Matt LaFleur, but obviously let's, let's focus on Goody here. Uh, anything pop out to you for, from Gutekunst? Uh, before the first practice of the season? Not 
not a ton. You know, I thought that he said about what I expected him to say, yeah. to say, excuse me. I am interested to see, you know, he said they hadn't finalized the contract details yet. So whatever that means, uh, I think that I'm going to be interested to see, do the Packers actually change the way they do things? Because Ted Thompson operated under, or excuse me, Brian Gutekunst operated under Ted Thompson, who operated under Ron Wolf. And this is kind of all one big tree into why you know, the Packers kind of view things the way that they do. And I'm going to be, you know, the Randall Cobb move, I can't picture that Brian Gutekunst just decided, yeah, that's going to be a good thing to, you know, right. the thing a lot of people on Twitter and such are going to say as well, don't they have Amari Rogers do that? That's probably the way the Packers thought about it too. But if it pacifies your quarterback for even a season to get him there to try and win a championship and you get a guy who, yeah, I mean, Cobb can still help the team. And according to Rob Domowski, it's going to be a cap hit of less than $3 million. So essentially nothing. And we'll get into the Cobb stuff. I know. No, let's go there now. Let's go there now. Uh, Randall Cobb officially back. Obviously he posted on our yesterday's episode of Packaday podcast covered this a little bit, but officially official now, right? Randall Cobb yesterday, Wednesday morning posting, I'm home green and yellow hearts in his Packers uniform, Aaron Rodgers posting that on his Instagram story. Everybody's happy about Randall Cobb coming back. And I got to tell you, Jacob, I mean, you were speaking, meh, you know, kind of skeptically about the transaction, right? Is it that big of a deal? We already have Amari Rodgers. I look at it this way, and this might be a little long-winded, so I apologize in advance, but I view it this way. Randall Cobb doesn't hurt the wide receiver room. In fact, he only helps it. The expectations are always set too high for rookies. They just always are. That's what we do naturally as fans. And Amari Rogers seems to be that guy this year, that we're just setting the expectations too damn high. While I think he's got a great ceiling, while I think he has just incredible potential as a returner, as a slot guy, as you know, a guy that can do a lot of things offensively. He can come out of the backfield if he wants to, maybe play a little Swervin Irvin role that we saw a year ago, but do it even better, right? The ex the the ceiling for Amari Rogers and the opportunity for Amari Rogers, very high. I love the draft pick. I'm not I'm not dissing any of that. The expectations are just too high because you're not going to get the output from a rookie who got selected, not in the first round, you know, are, are just set too high. I like Amari. I do a lot. But now you bring in a guy like Randall Cobb, a veteran, a guy that's played several years at a high level with the current quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, and not to mention, obviously, the, the Roger or the Amari Rodgers to Randall Cobb connection. Uh, Amari Rodgers' dad, Coach Cobb. Cobb has been a mentor to Amari Rodgers, calls him his protege. So it helps the locker room. It helps Amari Rodgers' pro, uh, process. Obviously, you can say, well, why don't they just hire Randall Cobb as a coach? Because he's still a very talented wide receiver who can still provide a lot to this Packers offense. I love this move. I'm not saying it's taken him over the moon. I'm not saying it's taken them to the glory land. I'm just saying I'm a fan of this move. He'll make the roster. He, he's a reliable guy that Rodgers trusts and loves and views as a best friend. It's only going to help not only the Rodgers situation, but the Packers offense maybe even take a step forward uh, even more. And obviously that's hard to do being the number one offense in the National Football League a year ago. But but I'm a huge fan of this Randall Cobb move. And I haven't seen a lot of positive reaction outside of him being a fan favorite. No, it was strange because, you know, like I said, the, the feedback initially was, well, don't they have Amari Rodgers to do that? Which, you know, you just summed up really well. He's not a first-round pick. He's a third-round pick. Sometimes first-round pick struggle. Asking a third-round pick to be ready to contribute right away, That's that could be tough uh, for him to do. You bring Cobb in. And here's the other thing. The, the reaction almost makes it seem like the Packers gave up a first-round pick and are paying this guy $20 million. Right. Like, And now it comes out they gave up a sixth-round pick, which who cares? Who cares? Who did the Packers pick in the sixth round last year? Do you even know? No, exactly. I don't. Exactly. So those six round picks are basically preferred undrafted free agents. I fully ascribe to that theory and they're going to pay him less than $3 million. If that's the opportunity cost to get Aaron Rodgers in the building, the league MVP under center, Correct. you do, you do it. Like I said, I'm not, it's not like Aaron Rodgers is asking them to do 
15 things at this point, if that's the only thing that so far has been discussed, requested, made happen, whatever. If that's the opportunity cost, you do it on the field. Again, it's not like getting Randall Cobb is going to get some high draft pick, a highly touted draft pick off of the team, off of the field, off of the roster, anything like that. It's going to help Amari Rogers. And ultimately late in the game, another guy in the field that Rogers trusts that can't hurt because ultimately you get to a point where, and we all do this. It's a psychological fact. Bang. Hashtag psychology here for everybody. Oh boy. Here we go. When you are put under pressure, you naturally revert to your like normal self. That's a personality trait thing. Like you go to your natural traits. So even if you're like, if you're an introvert under pressure, you're going to naturally be more of an introvert. So when it comes to pressure, when people are like, Hey, when Rogers escape, Richard Sherman said this once when Rogers gets out of the pocket, he's looking for Jordy Nelson. Well, the reason for that was because now he's outside of his norm and he's looking for his guy. Yeah. Well, now he's got another guy like that. So you figure Bob Tunyon is probably in the circle of trust. Devontae Adams, quite obviously. And now we know Randall Cobb is in that circle as well. That doesn't mean he's never going to throw the ball to MVS or Alan Lazard or some of the other guys because he showed last year that he's willing to do that. But in the NFC Championship game, maybe he doesn't stare down 17 as much or you know, maybe he looks sure. in a different direction and tries to find something different to potentially go to the Super Bowl. So I think... The Cobb move, especially with again, they gave up nothing, and they're not a six round pick. That's beautiful. And again, if he, the other thing you mentioned was the you know the jet sweep stuff and everything like that. The Packers have two positions in their offense that they clearly have tried to add some depth to. One is that H back position. Josiah Deguara and Dominique Daphne both play something like that. And last year when Deguara got hurt, they had John Lovett. They did some stuff with Sternberger when he was healthy. They did, and he wasn't all that effective with it because that's not really his game. But then they added Dominique Daphne. They find that they look for that position tirelessly. Well, the jet sweep guy is another one. When Tyler Irvin wasn't on the field, it was a different offense. So having another guy that can do something like that, I think is a positive thing for the Packers because now, hey, if the primary guy to do that's Randall Cobb, well, when he needs a blow or if he gets injured, because hey, injuries happen in football, it's a physical game. That's now we've got a Mar- yeah. we got Amari Rogers who could do that. You got Aaron Jones who could maybe do that. You got Kylan Hill if he makes the roster as somebody who could do that. It adds depth to something like that too. And again, a veteran with reliable hands. Weren't we the same fan base bitching that the Packers relied way too much on rookies under Ted Thompson? Well, now <laughs> they add a veteran and Brian Gutekunst doesn't know what he's doing and he's just catering to Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I don't know what to say on that. No, 100% right, man. Well said. Uh, so Randall Cobb back in Green Bay, as Jacob mentioned a little bit earlier, $3 million, uh, less than $3 million cap hit for the 2021 season, assuming he makes the roster. And, uh, you know, nicely enough, Jake Dolagella cut on Tuesday. He wore number 18. So Randall Cobb likely going to be back in his old 18 jersey, which uh, obviously this is an audio podcast, but Jacob currently wearing a number 18 Randall Cobb, Jersey. Let's go from 18 to 17. Devontae Adams spoke with the media on Wednesday as well. Not as much to dive into here like there was with Rodgers, but two notes, really one, uh, that came out of Devontae Adams' uh, press conference that I would like to get your thoughts on. Essentially, he said, look, I want to be the highest paid wide receiver, um, and I'm essentially not going to give a hometown discount. That is paraphrasing, of course. Uh, he he wants, if he's going to be in Green Bay, even if Aaron Rodgers is there, he wants to be the highest paid wide receiver in the National Football League. Now, I'm not going to dis- dispute the, that he earned that right. I, I'm not going to argue that Devontae Adams shouldn't be the highest paid wide receiver in the National Football League. I just find it odd, uh, and I, 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 I want to get your thoughts on this. I just find it odd that – he is saying this in July of 21. If he's allegedly broken off contract talks with the Green Bay Packers, he hasn't always really been healthy for an entire season. What if he goes out and plays 12 games and has, you know, a below average season for Devontae Adams standards? He's not going to be the highest paid wide receiver in football if he's not signing a deal till next April, Jacob. Yeah, that's that's the risk you take when you you know the I'm from Rockford, Illinois, and the famous phrase around here is hashtag bet on yourself and plug your Bucks fans. You probably don't care anymore because you're the defending champions. But that was a Fred Van Vliet thing. He said bet on yourself. 
And that's the risk you take though. When you bet on yourself is if something out of your control and you lose, in this case, it would be an injury or maybe a subpar season, uh, which the only way I could see a subpar season again is if he gets injured. That's the only thing that's standing in the way to me of Devonte Adams getting a contract. And ultimately I think he gets a contract with the Packers. I know there's so much gnashing of teeth when that report came out that he broke off extension talks. Well, then they got Rogers back in the building and there was a report that they're going to make another run at trying to sign him. When have the Packers ever talked contract with somebody? Oh, that was something that Gutekunst said today. I didn't note this earlier, but he said he's a big part of their football team. They're worried about you know keeping him around. They're confident they'll get something done, blah, 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 all those things. When have the Packers ever said that publicly, leaking through the media, whatever, with a guy they drafted, developed, signed, et cetera, and not gotten a deal done? That never has happened other than Jared Cook, if you want to count that one, and he doesn't fit all of those qualities, but you can include that if you want to. And Greg Jennings is the other one. And he left Green Bay for Minnesota because he wanted to prove that it was the receivers doing that stuff in Green Bay and not Aaron Rodgers. There's legitimate beef between those two guys. So really, I haven't heard about that. Yeah, yeah, a little bit in case you haven't heard. But Devontae Adams is going to be a Green Bay Packer. And the Packers, I think Andrew Brandt said it really well when they broke off those extension talks. He always like translates what they mean in the business world. And essentially what he said that meant for them is we'll pay you just not right now. And that's what's going to happen. They're going to pay him just not right now. And I think, and this will be a question I'll throw back to you. I think that's worth it. Whether Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback or it's Jordan Love. He's either there to form that duo with Aaron Rodgers or or he gives Jordan Love somebody to grow with and kind of be what Greg Jennings and Donald Driver were to Aaron Rodgers when Rodgers first became the starter. So I think Adams is a big part of this team, regardless of who the quarterback is in 2022. Wow, I love that. I love that you just exuded confidence, which I did not expect you to come with on that topic. I thought you said, yeah, he's gone if he's the highest paid wide receiver in football. It's as simple as that, because that's kind of where I was leaning. But also, I've learned from my mistakes. I'm growing as a human being. Aaron Jones, I did the same thing, right? I said, yeah, he's gone. No way he's coming back. And looky, what do we have here in the backfield behind number 12 is number 33, Aaron Jones, for the 2021 season. So I'm just going to refer to you. You win on that one, Jacob. Well said. I love the confidence, um, but only time will tell if you're correct. I certainly hope you are, though, uh, come the 2022 season. So Devontae Adams says he wants to be the highest paid wide receiver in the national Football league. The only thing worthwhile out of out of that press conference, and then we can get to some practice notes here, Jacob. But uh, Devontae Adams pretty much said, "Yeah, it was a telepathic connection between me and Aaron Rodgers that led us to post the same exact photo on our Instagram story, exactly eight minutes apart. No, no conversation had there at all. Just our telepathic connection." Sure. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. I right. Well, I mean, if you want to mess with the media, that's fine. But like. Do a better do, job. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I do understand this. Cause like, I mean, I have this as well. And I've said it before, maybe my green and gold goggles get to me sometime. And I think that's okay. I'm a fan, but I don't hide the fact I have a vested interest in the team winning and losing football games. There's no question about that. That being said, it is funny to me how today everybody on the internet is taking to dunk on the media because of things people said that are very clearly not true. Like I said, Aaron Rodgers saying, that he didn't leak anything and neither did his representation. I don't believe that for two seconds. Like there's just no way. And yeah, maybe like he said, the media makes up stories when there's not enough content to put out there. There's certainly some truth to that, but everything that was reported by Schefter, by Rappaport, et cetera, reported, not speculated on. So hear my distinction here was proven true during that Aaron Rodgers press conference today. And then Adams comes out and says that, and people are like, oh, my God, is that really real? Like, those are the same people that believe Tom Brady was actually throwing the football into the jug machine. (laughs) Come on. There's no way. So I understand that you're a fan. You want to see things and think everything's hunky-dory with the team, and I'm that way sometimes, too. I am just as guilty of that as the rest of you, but there's no way that's real. Not a chance in hell. Correct. That is completely accurate. I think we all feel the same way on that one, but hey. It certainly stirred the pot and created some content for a few days. So thanks, Devontae. Thanks, Aaron. We appreciate your service. All right, let's go to the actual football that was played. I mean, that only took about 35 minutes to get there, but we got here. Practice one in the books, obviously unpadded practice, Jake. So uh, not entirely full speed, but still some things of note. Let's run through three notes 
that we noticed. Let's start with the offensive line. Obviously, David Bakhtiari still sidelined with that ACL injury. So the Packers go ahead and mix it up a little bit. But the starting lineup they trotted out there, pretty interesting to me. want to get your thoughts on it. Let's go left to right. Left tackle, Elton Jenkins. So Elton sliding over to left tackle, the field of Bakhtiari. Whole that makes sense. At left guard, John Runyon Jr. At center, the rookie, the second-round pick, Josh Myers. At right guard, it's Lucas Patrick. And at right tackle, as expected, Billy Turner. So that's your starting offensive line on day one of practice. Again, Jenkins, Runyon, Myers, Patrick, Turner. Interesting. Uh, I know that all of that kind of maybe went up in smoke with the addition of Dennis Kelly, but I'm going to leave him out of this just because he's not officially on the team yet. And I think uh, the way Gutekunst said it is he's not allowed to talk about players that aren't on the team yet or something like that. So you're so, not either. Yes. So follow the Goody rule. Yeah. I follow the Goody rule in that case. So I, I think it's interesting that Elton Jenkins obviously starts at left tackle. That's the big one. Obviously the Packers have one who's pretty good. That's on the physically unable to perform. Yeah, right he's now, all right. If he's not able to be back week one in New Orleans, then the question does become, yeah, who starts at left tackle? You know, during the season last year after Bakhtiari got injured, it was Billy Turner. But Elton Jenkins did play some out there. He did play some right tackle last year. And I do think he's a better player. And, you know, my, one of my hashtags for this offseason has been leave Elton alone. Just let him play left guard and be an all pro for a decade because an all pro left guard is better. Don't weaken yourself at two positions, essentially is the way I'm looking at that. And the Packers right now with Dennis Kelly, you're kind of, I'm forcing myself off the track, but that's what we do here. They have four players that can play tackle at minimum at a passable level. Obviously Bakhtiari is very good. Billy Turner is awesome, was really good last year. Dennis Kelly and Elton Jenkins was good last year when he was asked to play tackle. Yeah, he's, so they have he, he was just good overall last year. Elton Jenkins was just, yeah, he's just fine. Anywhere he played. Anyway, just, just fine. Good, good to really good. And, <laughs> and that's such an advantage for this Packers team. And, and they clearly value depth along the offensive line because they've drafted three players at the offensive line in each of the last two drafts. And they've signed at least one free agent every year in the, on the offensive line since Gutekunst has been brought here at least the last two years. So that part has been interesting to me. I think the Packers certainly value that, but Jenkins there, uh, Josh Myers at center is obviously interesting. Expected, right? Expected, but interesting because typically they don't play rookies. More on that in a minute. And he's just going to play center from day one and essentially replace Corey Lindsley. A Buckeye replaces a Buckeye in that case. Lucas Patrick uh, and and Billy Turner on the right side. You know, like I said, that could be subject to change. Maybe John Runyon Jr. gets in that guard spot. They have Ben Braden doing some stuff there. Fourth round pick Royce Newman did a lot of stuff over the summer between the guard and the tackle spot. So that's going to be a legitimate competition. What I would say is my preference, and last year I was very vocal about this, how I disagreed with the Packers' tendency to play musical chairs with their offensive linemen, and they did do that last year, and they were successful. My hope is that the Packers decide who their starters on the offensive line are by the second week of the preseason, or at least for the most part have that decided. And obviously you have some contingency plans if Bakhtiari is not going to be able to make it back right. in time for the September opener. But intrigue, that's one of my favorite battles this year, and – you know, I love offensive line play. That's what I used to do. And I think it's the most important thing to this game other than the quarterback position. And those two things kind of go hand in hand, because if you hit the quarterback, the quarterbacks become mortals. And I've said that a lot of times, you know, you watch Tom Brady against the giants in the super bowl. Brady might be the best quarterback ever a mortal against the giants. Aaron Rodgers last year against the bucks, having the best quarterback season in a long time. Didn't matter against the Bucs. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, and he was all over the place against the Bucs. Why? Because they hit him. So you got to be able to protect your passer. I'm very interested to see what the Packers do on their front this offseason and as we get into uh, some of the preseason games. No doubt about it. Josh Myers, the second-round pick, starting at center on day one of practice. But from the second-round pick to the first-round pick in 2021, Eric Stokes also with the starters on the defensive side of the ball now it should be noted kevin king on the non-football injury list non-football related injury list that is eric stokes though opposite of jair alexander that's exciting as you mentioned you'd get into it rookies typically not in this position day one of camp yeah it's it's very interesting and the longer kevin king sits and brian gutekunst did say that none of them were long-term concerns but what if stokes lights it up in the first Two weeks. Is that the evil smirk you had on your face there? Just thinking about Eric Stokes lighting it up in camp? It is because 
there's, okay. So I've said this probably a million times on this show and everything else that I do. And you'll hear more about that later. The way this Packers defense reaches a higher ceiling is the cornerback position opposite of Jair Alexander. If you look at every other position on this defense, that's very important. They're pretty good in most of those spots. Kenny Clark, really good on the defensive line. They have three really good edge rushers, or at least I think they have the potential to have three really good edge rushers. But the three guys, at least at minimum, you feel good about. Jair Alexander is awesome. Both safeties are very good. Savage Yes. You had a cornerback opposite of those guys. And now you're cooking with gas because there's not a guy that you can just consistently target and say, those are the guys that I want. Or you can right. add help to other areas of the defense. If your corners are really good. I'm not saying Stokes is going to be really good in his rookie season, but we know what Kevin King is. He's an average starter at the very best. best. And that may not be something that's achievable anymore. Just injuries and all kinds of stuff just really has kind of robbed him of the opportunity to have a really good career. And, I think Stokes is a guy who he could come in and change the ceiling of this defense. So yes, it's an interesting battle. And one, I think the Packers should be willing to have, like you mentioned, they haven't played rookies a ton under Matt LaFleur and that's worked out well for them, but they just haven't done it a lot. And Stokes might be a difference because again, Kevin King, you're talking about an average replaceable player. In yeah, totally. No, 100%. I, I, I think we all have high expectations. We're excited about Eric Stokes. And, you know, to see him opposite of Jair day one of camp, very, very exciting. Let's move on from the 2021 first round pick to the 2020 first round pick, who maybe had the play of the day at practice, Mr. Westendorf. Jordan Love catches the third round pick in the 2021 draft. Amari Rogers up the sideline. Play of the day is what we're seeing all over the Tweeterverse. Yeah, play of the day is apparently a, a fade in the corner of the end zone. Amari Rogers threw his hands up late. And was, it's, it's so funny to me that the story of the day, obviously, is Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams to some degree. And the play of the day is Jordan Love and Amari Rodgers. And potentially, I mean, Rodgers called Jordan Love. It's He chooses his words, you know, a certain way, right? So when he says J-Lo. Oh, really? And he calls him J-Lo and then says, my replacement. They drafted my replacement. Um, I think that it's just funny to see that the play of the day came from the other quarterback and a guy that at least until a couple of days ago, we thought might've been the starter. So that, <laughs> that whole part gets interesting. I, I, again, you can't put much stock into an unpadded practice because it's not a seven on seven tournament. Anyone, maybe not anyone, but a lot of people can light up a seven on seven because you don't have to worry about getting hit. You don't have to worry about just the extra weight on your shoulders, just all the stuff that comes with playing in the pads. That, as my coaches used to say in high school, separates the men from the boys. But it's good to see Jordan Love. This is one of the biggest storylines of this summer, right? Because Jordan Love is one of two things to this Packers team. The heir apparent at quarterback, which appears likely, or a trade piece. Either way, that's an asset at some point. So you want to see his development. They play a preseason game in two weeks. And my opinion has always been, Aaron Rodgers doesn't play in the preseason anyways. So yeah. that's not a big deal. Jordan Love should play every snap until like the bums of the bums on the offensive line are playing and they just can't protect him. Give him basically treat three the quarters games. Three quarters. Yeah. Treat the preseason like you did the summer with him. Give him every rep. Let him play because last year he got robbed of that. And the only way he's going to play now during the season is if it's a game you need them to win because it's going to be a regular season game and Aaron Rodgers is going to be missing that game because of an injury in this case. So I think that Jordan Love should be all over the place in this preseason and playing in, like you said, three quarters, maybe even some of the fourth, whatever. I don't, I personally, and I know he's a fan favorite and, and I like his personality and everything like that, but I don't care if Kurt Bankert takes a single snap in the preseason <laughs> because Bankert, you know, third string quarterbacks, like if Bankert has to play, the Packers are screwed anyways. So get every single rep to Jordan Love that you can. Not totally fair. I 1,000% agree. We need to see what Jordan Love's made of because you're right. If he's a trade asset, we need to see what he's worth in the preseason uh, for Green Bay. So excited to see what he's capable of, but hitting Amari Rodgers on day one of camp ain't a bad way to make a name as a third-round selection as a rookie. So good for Rodgers. We actually talked about the top three picks in the 2021 draft there in the practice notes uh, in order – Josh Myers, Eric Stokes, and Amari 
Rodgers, um, not in order of draft pick, but order of in which way we talked about him. Anyway, um, J-Lo and A-Rod hooking up also. Had to, had to go for the low-hanging fruit there. Hooking up once again there. Uh, Jordan Love and Amari Rodgers, J-Lo and A-Rod. Ha, ha, ha. Poor Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, true. His heart, Love his is-, heart is broken. <laughs> I know a lot of people aren't going to feel sorry for Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> and honestly, frankly, neither am I. But <laughs> Yeah, it could be worse, I think. It could be worse than being. Life could be worse, yeah. He's going to wake up tomorrow Rodriguez. and lose. He could spend more money in a day than I'll make in my life and be just fine. That's absolutely true. Well, that's Jacob Westendorf. You can connect with him at Jacob Westendorf on Twitter. Also at Game on WI across all socials. I'm Alex Strofe. You can find me on Twitter at Alex underscore Strofe. It's officially football season, baby. Thanks so much for kicking it with us today on your Thursday. Have a great rest of your week, and we will talk to you real soon. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.